Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 11. 11. Episode 11. 11. Oh, wait. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Death Before, Before Booze. We are a paranormal true crime podcast. My name is Sam. I'm Jen. 11. <laughs> okay, we'll talk slower because, <laughs> yeah, we're lagging. It's um, So... Do you want to tell us what our topic is for lucky number 11? Sure. Our topic this week is Vegas. This is where Sam got married. Sam got married in Vegas. I got married there. (laughs) I got married. I got married at the Mirage in 2022. And we were probably one of the last ceremonies in front of the Mirage Volcano because now the Hard Rock owns it. And it was amazing and beautiful. And I loved it so much. And I'm actually... Okay, so today's... Just so everybody knows, today is November 10th. I will actually be in Las Vegas again mm, the 27th. Yay! <laughs> so. Don't follow her, though. Yay! It's fine. Yeah, I have to go to it. Like, don't follow Sam. Oh, come find no. me. If you if somebody <laughs> honestly found, well, when this comes out, when this comes out, it'll be like the week That's after. That's true. That's true. So it wouldn't matter anyway. That's true. And it's really funny because, um. Where I'm staying is where my case is about. Oh. And I didn't think about that. That's amazing. I'm excited. (laughs) But we might have some really good Patreon content for you (laughs) in a couple of weeks. Yes. We've been pretty good with the Patreon, (laughs) though. Since Vegas vacation. Yeah. So, it's exciting. Okay. So, you want to hear some fun facts about Las Vegas? Only a three. <laughs> hey, I could have looked up more, but I didn't. Over 300 weddings happen daily oh. in Las Vegas. There are more than 150 hotel rooms in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Strip is actually in Paradise, Nevada, oh. not Las Vegas, in case you didn't know I did that. not know oh, that. Oh, now I have four. Now I did I have not know that. <laughs> four fun facts about Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I read that last night and I was like, huh, God, I hope that's a real fact. People in Las Vegas, if I fuck that up, my bad. I still love you. And finally, Las Vegas is known as the suicide capital of the world. Of course course it is. That's not a title I want. Okay. Fun fact. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Las Vegas fun fact. (gasps) Oh. When I was in Vegas last time, we went to the Haunted Museum. The Zach Baggins. Zach place. <laughs> Zach Baggins, sorry. Zach Baggins. Baggins. Wait, is his name Baggins or Baggins? I don't know because he always said introduces okay. himself as like Baggins. We just interchange but, yeah, it. We just interchange it. <laughs> I'm Zach Baggins. No, I think it's Baggins. I'm Zach Baggins, lead investigator for the Ghost Adventures crew. That's all I remember right now. <laughs> 
hit me up if you want me to. I used to be a skeptic. You know, <laughs> that for you somehow. <laughs> yeah, I was a skeptic. Now I'm a little bitch. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So let me just jump into this. So right now, I'm going to tell you all about the Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Ooh. All right. So some, oh, I have more fun facts, but now they're about the Flamingo. <laughs> so the Flamingo Las Vegas is a casino hotel on the Las Vegas Strip in Paradise, Nevada. Mm. It is currently owned and operated by Caesars Entertainment. Love Caesars Entertainment. The hotel was the third resort to open on the Strip and remains the oldest resort on the Strip in operation today. It has been the oldest resort since 2007 when the new frontier was demolished. Mm. The property includes 72,299 square foot of casino along with 3,460 hotel rooms. Staying true to its theme and name, the hotel includes a garden courtyard, which serves as a wildlife habitat for flamingos. And I got to tell you, it smells worse there than it does on the actual strip, which is a feat amongst itself. Um, it is also the last remaining casino on the strip that opened before 1950 that is still in operation. Oh. All right. So about the name of the flamingo. Allegedly, Bugsy Siegel named the resort after his girlfriend, Virginia Hill. It was reported that Siegel called her this because of her long legs. So that's alleged number one. Alleged number two. Lucky Luciano, the organized crime king, wrote in his memoir that Siegel once owned an interest in the Hiley Park racetrack and viewed the flamingos who populated nearby as a good omen. And that's why Bugsy Siegel named the hotel the flamingo. But those are both wrong. They are lies. What happened is the flamingo was given its name by the person who started it, Billy Wilkerson. I know it ruined it. But just some little information there. All right. Let's get to the history of the Flamingo. 1945, Billy Wilkerson purchased the original Hotel Last Frontier. And he had a dream of renovating this to be a completely luxurious resort. So he planned the hotel with luxurious rooms, a spa, a health club, and a showroom, a golf course, a nightclub, an upscale restaurant, and a French-style casino. So he wanted to create an all-inclusive place that people could come to, spend all their money, stay, eat, drink, party, have a great time, and make it a destination so people wouldn't have to leave and he could just get all of their money. Okay. okay. But, you know, in 1945, we were in the middle of a war, so material costs were ridiculous. And he found himself in a bit of a hole. So he needed to find 400 thousand dollars in 1945 so he started putting out like the feelers for new financing as all this is going on the mob starts making their way to las vegas of course so who does the mob send but their beloved golden child benjamin bugsy Siegel. siegel so he had been playing down on fremont street so i don't know um have you ever been to Vegas? I have not, no. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna explain this to you. And if you've been to Vegas, please just 
stick with me. You have the Las Vegas Strip and then you have Old Vegas, which is um, Fremont Street. So that was the original quote unquote strip. And there is a definite change. So like the strip is all glitz glam, crazy big. And then you go to Fremont Street and there is the glitz and glam. There's like all the lights and all that. And they've really made it more of a destination. Now they put like a, an electric LED canopy oh. on top. So like the sky, it, it basically keeps you dry. Like, you know, for the whole four inches of rain that they get in Las Vegas. <laughs> but it it changes colors. It makes the vibe change of the whole place. It's crazy. If that was off, it, if they shut it off for a day, it feels very like dingy down there. Like everything's older. Everything's more run down. They're really trying to build Fremont back up. Back in the day in the 40s, that was the main strip. That is where you went. So that was the all the casino hotels that were really there. And there were only one or two places to hang out where the strip is currently. Hmm. So at first the mob came in and they were trying to establish their own casino. And Bugsy Siegel went out there and he was working it, working it hard, trying to get land and politicians you know police everybody was like oh hell no you're not coming here like absolutely the fuck not go back to new york go back to brooklyn hang out there you cannot live here and he was a little pissed off i mean sure so it got to bugsy siegel through the grapevine that wilkerson was looking for an investor okay so they're like, hey, buddy, Billy, how you doing? Love you to death. Here you need some help. Let's be friends. And they wooed him. Like, they spent at least $100,000 just on bullshit for him, Jeez. showing him what a financier they are and how, like, you know, the association can come in and help all this stuff. And finally, Siegel forced his way in, and he took over from Billy. Took everything over. Construction, the remodel the actual build all of that he's like no i'm in charge it was still the flamingo the guy had already named the project the flamingo but when bugsy came in he had some thoughts and slowly didn't give a shit about billy's thoughts and siegel was the number one yeah so as he's taking over he also starts to convince his associates you know in the mob to invest in this project as well. So initially, the resort's construction was supposed to be $1.5 million. Now, this is in 1945. Like, you know, it's not like today. I should have done the time converter thing. Damn it. Anyway, despite the estimate, construction costs skyrocketed and the actual building costs mysteriously rose to over $6 million. What? That's a huge jump. We went from $1.5 million to $6 What million. the hell are they putting in there? Right. And everything was delayed. Everything took... I'll get to that I'm in a sorry, little bit. Sorry. But <laughs> everything was delayed. Everything was, like, you know, super nutty. And they finally, finally get to open the Flamingo Hotel and Casino on December 26th, the day after Christmas, in 1946. So it's like a year. It was billed as the West's greatest resort... It was given the title of the first luxury hotel on the Strip, which it honestly was because this was only the third hotel built on the Strip. And it boasted 105 rooms on the on the property. Las Vegas, like I said before, only gets about four inches of rain a year. There was like a random rainstorm 
like a wintry mix in the middle of the desert. So, you know, they're not really prepared for that. Yeah. It's the day after Christmas, so people mm-hmm. couldn't fly in or drive in from California. So a lot of the people who were supposed to show up didn't. Those 105 luxury rooms weren't even open. <laughs> so people were in the casino and eating and drinking at the at the restaurant and doing all that, but they had go. nowhere to stay. Um, so people are gambling, taking their winnings and leaving. And then finally, none of the locals showed up. So this casino, like I said, was like a French European style casino. But out in the wild, wild west of 1945, they were used to more of that, you know, Western theme. That was what was comfortable for them. You know, a bar with some slot machines or a table or two. They were not into this big, what we think of a casino today, like a themed thing and all the lights and glam. (laughs) That was not what they were looking for. So the first week the Flamingo was open, they lost over $300,000. So we're already $6 million in the hole or four point five extra in the uh-huh. hole. And now yeah, we just lost sense. another 300000 Two weeks after the grand opening of the Flamingo, it closed. Oh. Okay. That's quick. Yeah. Now Bugsy's in hot water with a lot of fucking people. Yep. So... They reopened the fabulous Flamingo March 1st of 1947. And in April, so like a month later, Siegel basically forces Billy Wilkerson completely out. He's like, get the fuck out of here. You're ruining my business. It's you. And the second he's gone, the Flamingo went into the black. Like they started making money. The hotel was open. Things are looking up. He's like, I got this. We're going to fix it. So May of that year. So this is three months later. Casino is finally in the black. We're showing profits. This wasn't enough to show the original investors, the associates, the Goombas. They weren't they still weren't warm and fuzzy. They were not happy. They were not happy about what happened to the six million dollars. They were not happy that we closed for a year. And now we're getting rid of somebody who knows what happened on the back end. Right. So now there's somebody running out in the world who could know things. So they started to do their own little investigating because the mob sort of looked at the flamingo going down and floundering as proof that Siegel was fucking with them. It was stiffing them. I mean, he's part of the mob, so that would make sense. You would think, right? So... They figured he must be keeping some profits and lying about how business bad was to cover his tracks. Unfortunately, the figuring was right. They noticed why the construction's costs were so inflated. And he had mismanaged some of the construction funds. Basically, he was skimming off Uh the top. Yeah. And he totally got Uh caught. So the hit was put on. (laughs) So at 10.45 p.m. on June 20th in 1947, Bugsy Siegel sat with an associate in his girlfriend Virginia Hills little bungalow in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. He was reading the L.A. Times and an assailant fired nine shots through the window Mm -hmm. with a 30 caliber military M1 carbine. Yep. Virginia was in Paris because, you know, her and Siegel had had a huge fight about a week before. So she said, fuck you. I'm going to go. I'm going to Paris. Paris. (laughs) So 
Siegel was hit four times, twice in the head, twice in the torso, and one shot propelled his eyeball 15 feet away onto the tile dining room. Bleh. Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Um, at the same time that this was happening in California, in Las Vegas, Lucky Luciano... So he was like another mm-hmm. top, top mobster. Um, actually, he was an investor in the project, too. So he was pissed. So Lucky Luciano, notified of Siegel's death, charged the Flamingo and announced the change in ownership. Luciano was now in charge of that. Wow. Um, to this day, the murder of Bugsy Siegel is still unsolved. Yep. So that is a big part of history about that resort and probably leads true to a lot of what is um other stuff i'm about to tell you so another super weird like outlier thing like compared to what i just told you you're gonna be like what the fuck does this have to do with anything (laughs) but on september 9th in 2012 port adelaide football club afl footballer john mccarthy died after falling 30 feet from a rooftop of the Flamingo Hotel. After reviewing evidence, police say that McCarthy had attempted to jump off the roof to land on a palm tree, but missed <laughs> and fell to the ground. <laughs> this is not a video game. You can't just like... I'm sorry. Like, was he... I... I'm sorry. I don't. It's terrible. I don't know. But like, it's not like I don't, <laughs> it's not a platforming video game where you can jump off a building onto a tree and then it's fine. <laughs> like, oh. And then, if I can be completely and totally honest with you, there is absolutely no reference to that anywhere else in my notes. <laughs> but I just found that, and if I needed to know it, I need you to know it. To know you needed to know that. So that's um, Oh my god. That's my I told oh you. Oh my god. That's great. All right. Let's get to the haunting. Oh, I'm team booze this week. I should have mentioned that. Team You're kind of a mix though. You did a little bit of a murder, okay. a little bit of a little bit of booze, a little bit of both. <gasps> oh my god, I'm a team sinister. <laughs> I should have my sweatshirt on, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so the flamingo is said to be the fifth most haunted hotel casino on the strip. I would tell you the other four, but one I didn't look it up, and two I hope to cover them in the future. So don't go Google it. Anyway, some dude on Reddit, Baja got a blast. <laughs> three years ago, wrote, "I saw a shadow figure down the hallway in the Flamingo one time, and I couldn't sleep that whole night because of the extreme dread I felt afterwards." Okay, here you go. All right. Many believe that Virginia Hill haunts the hotel because of her involvement with Siegel. Visitors who stay in the presidential suite frequently report seeing a redhead, tall, thin woman dusting furniture and a cigar smoking man in a robe pacing the room or on the telephone. Annie is another apparition that's seen. She's a former showgirl who performed at the Flamingo in its early days and is said to haunt room 355. Um, that was once Bugsy's office. Hmm. She supposedly committed suicide by jumping off the window to escape the police for arresting her for prostitution. Um, 
Another one is Freeman. A maintenance worker crushed by a chandelier has been seen and heard throughout the Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Um, Miss Cash. Many believe she is the ghost of another former showgirl named Joyce Ray. And I tried to Google her, but I couldn't find anything. Mm. Um, who used to perform at the Flamingo. She is spied frequently in the lobby and is easy to catch on camera. So when I'm there, I'm going to try that. I'm going to sit it, there in the, in the lobby at night taking pictures. I have, I have a question. I'm, oh, yeah. So oh. my question yeah. is... Um, yeah. Um, how come Bugsy Siegel's girlfriend is there? Did she she didn't die there? So, right? Is that it? Don't usually um, they am say I an idiot? They, like I could totally see like him being the apparition that you would see, but I don't really see the connection for her. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not witchy. So a lot of times when it comes to apparition, it's that stone tape theory that we talked about. I think it might've been on Patreon. Mm -hmm. So it's that the energy is absorbed into the furniture, the materials around you. Okay, that makes sense. So, so let's say, yeah, like, you know, you're on vacation, your fiance, you know, gets down on one knee, finally proposes, and there's this big burst of energy into the world between the two of you. Mm. So that could turn into a what's called a residual apparition, okay. where this moment in time is just on loop. And when everything is perfect you know the moon phase the temperature the humidity the biometric pressure okay. when everything is perfect somebody could have the perfect opportunity to see that repetitive apparition again and be like holy shit i saw blah okay that makes sense okay so bugsy siegel was said to haunt the original bugsy suite in a smoking jacket which we alluded to mm -hmm. before it's reported the suite had Gold faucets, green toilet, and other fixtures that Bugsy handpicked because this was so before it was like the president, like this was where he lived when he was in Vegas. Right. This was his spot. So he had it furnished mm -hmm. and done to his liking. So while this was still, you know, once he died, they turned it into the Bugsy suite and it's like their presidential suite. So reports mentioned seeing an apparition standing by the original pool table. Okay. And it's not uncommon to hear about a mysterious dark figure standing at the end of your bed at night, hearing eerie whispers and the doors opening and closing on their own in the suite. Mm -mm. No, no. Mm -mm. The suite was demoed in 1993. When they demoed it, they found Siegel had a secret door in the suite leading to a car that was waiting for him 24 hours a day in case he had to make a hasty exit. <laughs> Love that. These are just more fun facts about things. And also, years, 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 years after Bugsy's death, they were doing an expansion project, and one of Bugsy's cars was found still parked in a tunnel of the hotel. <laughs> so because of where the car was and how far they had already gotten to the expansion when they found it, it was going to cost something ridiculous to get this car out. So they just they left just it. Left it so there. it's buried. It's One of Bugsy Siegel's cars is buried under the Flamingo Hotel. Like it's just hanging out there. I thought that was that cool. That is cool. He's also seen in the wedding chapel. So that was um part of his old like office. His orb usually appears to the left of the monument dedicated to him or near the small wedding chapel. <laughs> Orbs can't be seen by eye. But appear on film and pictures. Hotel guests consistently report seeing a ghostly figure in the Flamingo's garden. So this is also right by like where the wedding chapel is, where his office used okay. to be. 
Um, and there's a memorial in the garden or this part of the garden for Bugsy Siegel. Of course, it's possible that this ghost isn't Bugsy Siegel because no, like it doesn't really have like a face. They just see a figure. So, you know, it might not be him. But, you know, if it's hanging out, at, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's Bugsy right. Siegel. Like, let's be real. An Iowa couple visiting Siegel's memorial saw a ghostly apparition. They said, we saw him over by the fountain and thought he was one of the tour guides with the way he was dressed. It was around 10 at night and still almost 100 degrees. We felt sorry for him having to wear a shirt, tie, and wool jacket. As other people started coming to the fountain, no one seemed to notice him. Then this woman walked right through him. It was the scariest thing we ever saw. I don't think the woman even saw him. She was posing for a picture, smiling. No, I'm sure she definitely didn't see him. Wow. Holy shit. Right? 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 In the October 1999 issue of Casino Magazine, it was reported that dozens of people had seen Bugsy's ghost in the presidential suite of the hotel, and other people had seen the ghost wandering the twisted paths of the garden. Bugsy is also seen by the pools, Mm -hmm. often seen hanging around the pools and hot tubs. Guests describe seeing a handsome man wearing a traditional sporty suit with fedora and smoking a cigar. Some can even smell the Cuban tobacco burning around the apparition. (laughs) Women at the pool hear catcalls and whistles. People think that's Bugsy's spirit still up to his games. Um, In the 90s, a honeymooning couple was hanging by the pool one night and observed a man dressed unusually warm for the 90s heat. He had on a pair of old slacks and a pristine smoking jacket. The woman wanted to point out the man to her husband. So like he came back and she looked up and he was gone. The woman described the man as a handsome man with intense eyes wearing a smoking jacket and slacks. The next day, the newlyweds read up on the hotel's history. And after seeing a drawing of Siegel, the wife said, that looks like the guy in the smoking mm. jacket. Mm. He's still there. Scary. He's still there, that guy. <laughs> He's definitely there. A previous ghost of the presidential suite, Jonathan S., remembers his terrifying night stay back there in 86. He awoke in the middle of the night feeling unusually thirsty. He fumbled his way over to the sink in the pitch black night, moving his hand around for the bathroom light switch. The second he flipped on the switch in a flash of light, a man's face appeared in the mirror. It was not his face. (laughs) Even years later, Jonathan can vividly recall the face he saw for a split second. It was a man in his late 30s, maybe early 40s. He had a thick, rounded chin, short, greased black hair, and there's almost a fiendish smirk on the face. The whole image was like something straight out of, out of an old gangster film. Ah, Bugsy. As if staring back at an unknown man's face in the mirror wasn't creepy enough, what Jonathan noticed spooked him to recoil backwards into the shower stall. So this guy's falling, slamming his head against the tiled wall. Jonathan said it sho- in shocked tones. He was missing an eye. <gasps> Two huge gaping bullet holes had <laughs> mutilated his face. One bullet had gone through his right cheek. The other looked like it went through his nose and got his eye. It was the most gruesome thing I'd ever seen in my life. He's still there, Bugsy. 
disgusting. Are you staying in the presidential suite? Bugsy. Because that's that's crazy. You don't want any part of Bugsy. No. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think uh, my per diem will pay for <laughs> the I, I need the presidential suite. suite. I need to get in contact with Bugsy. <laughs> okay, here's another one. My husband and I stayed in room 28154 in the Flamingo. The entire night was filled with scary events. First, the light bulb blew up, but actually did not because when we turned it on again, it worked just fine. I saw a man's figure in our room gliding past our bed at 1.30 in the morning. The remote dropped to the floor. When we turned on the light, it was on a table. So they knocked down the remote. When they turned on the light, the remote was up and on the table. <laughs> The bathroom door opened and closed by itself at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and 4 a.m. We heard tools dropping in the vent system. We moved rooms the next mm -hmm. morning. Yep, I would. Another disturbing haunting occurred inside the suite. So this is the original suite in the 90s. A honeymooning couple rented the space for an entire week, but they could not get past the first night due to, quote, an ungodly painful stench that permeated the room. The odor stung their nostrils and went straight for the stomach, causing both husband and wife to profusely vomit through almost the entire Ugh. night. What they smelled was decaying human flesh. Apparently, Siegel had needed to store a dead body of a business rival at his home for over a week before he could have disposed of it inconspicuously. This is saying it's in the late 90s and the suite was demolished in 93. Right. This is why I'm saying I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's just, I, nowhere else did it talk about Siegel hiding bodies. And I looked, like, you'll see, there's at least 10, like, sources that I researched. Right. And it, it wasn't anywhere there. Huh. I even read a book. I, like, I read a book I about this. Read a book. Here. Yeah, read a book. It's called Haunted Las Vegas, Famous Phantoms, Creepy Casinos, and Gambling Ghosts Retold by Paul W. Papa, P-A-P-A. -P -A. I got it off the Amazon. Huh. I read a book. Like, and it didn't say anything about this. So hmm. I, I kind of think somebody just wanted to be on the internet. Yeah. But at the same time, I thought that was kind of creepy. It's creepy, so but I also, I it, it could turn into something like you maybe had food poisoning or something. And like, it was just kind of, maybe you know. the sh Maybe your shitter was full. <laughs> Um, okay, last little bit. Although Bugsy never experienced the success and prosperity of the Flamingo and the Las Vegas Strip that he created during his life, he seems to be relishing in the success after death. That is the haunting of the Flamingo Hotel and Casino nice. in Las Vegas. Nice. I love it. It's funny because when we talked about yep. Vegas, I was like, oh, uh, let me look up famous things and Bugsy Siegel's unsolved death was one and I was like eh, that can really go on for a long time so it's really it's I like the tie and everything yeah. together <laughs> tell me a story I want to hear a okay. story tell me a story right. it's my turn. okay so this is the gonna right. be it's a team death and it is the murder of Melissa James Chances are likely that if anybody has heard this, it's because they've heard the the people who committed the murder. And that's really where I found all of my research came from, like, Snapped and Oxygen and all that, because there are so many TV interpretations of this. Um, and I, I went back to the bodybuilder route. So I, I have my protein this morning to kind of go along with it. Protein. So, um uh, 
I swear I thought she was doing whippets with ready whip, but <laughs> it was just a protein, protein shake. shake. I had to stop and ask her, what are oh you doing God, over there? Just a and she's I'm drinking my protein. I'm drinking protein. And I went, okay, good. <laughs> I have my protein. I'm oh Jen. I'm drinking God. my protein. And then I'm going to lift heavy things. <laughs> well, that's the plan, I guess. But but we'll see. So Craig Titus is our guy. And that's usually the name that everybody remembers. He became a bodybuilder. And he started his career in the late 1980s. He went to his first show. And he won the men's open middleweight class. So this kind of was his big thing. He was always like second place. So this was like the big deal for him. He finally won. Um, and he continued okay. to whoop, climb whoop. through the ranks because he was dedicated. He His physique was a, apparently great. Again, I'm not really into the bodybuilder physique. You can kind of take a look at those and they're all weird and greasy and bleh. Bodybuilding like is one of those things, too, where like the body type is different in the sense where you have to maintain a particular weight. You have to continue with your um, your training regimen and all that kind of stuff because you have to keep it. And then when you go to the bodybuilding competitions, you get the, the grease stuff that you put on so you look orange. Um, your veins pop out. And, like, depending on how well your veins pop out, and that's the judges go, oh, they have they have nice arms. And you're like, what? Anyway, it's it's, it's, it's not it's not great. Oh. So, wait, I don't like the Titus Yeah, guy. no. He, I don't he, like him. Or do we, I like him? No. I mean, he's a jerk anyway. So it's okay if I make fun of his little loin his little that he banana wears hammock, with his, you know, really bad tan. <laughs> yeah, with his bad spray on tan. Exactly. Okay. So Craig Titus again seemed to be doing pretty well, and then in 1995 he was arrested and he pled guilty to possession with intent to sell ecstasy. It was never conf- yeah. Ew. It was never confirmed if he. did the drug or not but it was just he had intention to sell so he was sentenced to 16 months of house arrest where he had like the little ankle bracelet got it now in 97 he was arrested again but this time for anabolic steroids oh roid rage so this got him 21 months in jail so he actually had to do some time here so and during that time, he wasn't able to compete, obviously, because of his, you know, his arrest issues. Um, but I really enjoyed this quotation because someone said, just when you thought things couldn't get worse, Craig threw out the hold my beer, watch this for his final act. So I thought that that was pretty telling of this particular case. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, so, fuck. Now it hold my beer and, and watch, watch this, this in one. <laughs> so it's gonna get it's gonna get worse. Woof. It's just gonna get worse. So Kelly Ryan okay. was a gymnast. She went to the University hey of South Carolina. She was a cheerleader. She was a dancer. She got really into bodybuilding because she just like watched a couple competitions. But she brought a different type of bodybuilding to the table for females because they there was the talent portion, I guess. And she could do a lot of flips. She could do all kinds of like, you know, the show type of thing. It's kind of like, you know, Miss Congeniality. Do the guys have a talent portion? I don't think so. So I think that that's kind of a little sexist, <laughs> if we're being honest. Like they don't have to, they don't have Fuck to, you that, know. man. 
if I have to throw a flaming baton, right. why don't right. they? Where are their water glasses? <laughs> Fucking patriot. Exactly. So, <sighs> but she started to get a lot of people's attention because she was just different. She just had a different style to her. And she had never done this before. So she was starting to come into a lot of different competitions. A lot of the times the men and women competitions were like a back-to-back thing so like the men would go first or vice versa so it actually ended up being that craig found an interest in her because she was very pretty and you know all that he asked her out (laughs) many times and she every single time was very like no thanks because she knew he had a history he had that you know arrest history and he kind of had she wanted a dad we get it (laughs) Because of the reputation he had, it seemed that sometimes during shows he also had a little bit of like anger issues, um, probably because of the roids, if we're being honest. Um, roids. So she kept saying no. Roid rage. Until one day, she just kind of went with it. So after Kelly finally yep. said yes to going on a date, eventually they started okay. dating and they got married. And it actually worked out pretty well because they both got really big endorsements. Um, They both got into coaching. (laughs) They got a lot of deals from other places. So they started to make a lot of money and it was it worked out really well. One of Craig's friends, Wayne Dennis, said, quote, every time they would win, whether it would be an endorsement and get paid for it or they'd win a contest or competition, they'd have a party. They were like sex and drug parties. Love those. Mm. I don't go to them, but they look fun in the movies. It, so it was it was all about drugs and sex. So no matter how good, and a lot of people say before Kelly met Craig, she was, you know, not into drugs, not into all that stuff. Once they got together, it turned into their lifestyle. So it turned into just a, just a recipe for disaster. So, So this is where Melissa James enters the picture because she was a choreographer and a dancer in Florida. And a lot of the times she would frequent the bodybuilder competitions, whether it's a matter of like, she was kind of interested in the the sport or whether whatever it was. One of the competition, one of Craig's competitions, she met up with him and it was said that they spent some time alone. (laughs) Getting those endorsements. Alone. (laughs) So we can kind of infer what, they were doing but okay meanwhile well, they fucked. yeah meanwhile craig has <laughs> meanwhile craig has a wife so it's it was kind of a thing where people suspected that he had a womanizing problem anyway um so it wasn't you know un, unlike him that's rude on his way back to vegas he said to her listen you should go to vegas to push your career because if you're you know a dancer choreographer this would be a really great place for you to you know kind of you know make yourself big so melissa did go to vegas and she actually stayed with kelly and craig because they had a bigger house and she stayed with them and she became their personal assistant oh isn't that nice yeah um until it wasn't nice because craig would be extremely flirtatious with her in front of his wife and the two women would get extremely uncomfortable they're like this is not okay I'd fucking kill that yeah. bitch. And, but also she didn't feel comfortable either because she's like, I don't, 
Like, you're flirting with me in front of your wife. Like, this is uncomfortable. So, unfortunately, though, being there also kind of gave Melissa a little bit of the lifestyle. So she started to get into the drugs as well. So it really didn't okay. didn't start off well. So in 2003, she decided she's going to move back to Florida because she's going to open up her own dance studio. Unfortunately, cool. it didn't work because it really wasn't successful. So she, according to Snapped, she had money issues with bad checks. She had credit card fraud and she fell into the drug lifestyle and it was very difficult for her to get out on her own. So she was trying to kind of oh. like get out of that. But unfortunately, it just didn't yeah. didn't really. She kept going back. Yeah. In 2005, her business closed. So she called Craig and Kelly because they were her friends. So she called them again and said, hey, yeah. you know, I'm I'm I need some work. I'm kind of in a standstill. And they said, you know what? You would be perfect because we're thinking of starting a fitness apparel store and you would be the perfect person to run it. So, you know, come on back to Vegas mm -hmm. and we'll do the whole thing. So she moved back with them, which again was not great. <laughs> and this, like, they didn't think about it beforehand. Like everybody was okay. Did they forget? Apparently it was uncomfortable, but it wasn't like toxic, I guess. And if it was toxic, maybe you're right. Maybe they just forgot and they were like, oh, sure. And many people knew not only that Craig was kind of a womanizer anyway, but they kind of suspected that he and Melissa also had an affair while she was staying there, which, again, it's it's not confirmed, but we can make the assumption that sure. Yeah, that's the reason why he wants her there as a personal assistant. They fucked. So, yeah, this is kind of then what gets to December 14th of 2005. So. A truck driver on a highway outside of L.A. passed by a red Jaguar, which was followed by a gray pickup truck. And they were going super, super fast one way. Minutes later, the driver sees the gray pickup truck coming back. But then he looks out into the distance and there is a fire out in the middle of the desert. Because the car is on fire. The red Jaguar that just passed him <gasps> so Not the jack. so the driver called the police and was like i don't know if there's somebody in there i, I just know that they're the car's on fire so whatever so the police came and all that they got the information from the jaguar they put the fire out and until they put everything out they inspected the car and that's when they opened the trunk of the car and inside the trunk of the car dun, dun, dun. was a oh god burned dead body <gasps> oh my god 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 so oh my god. they oh my god the, the yes that was part of it too but now the hands and the feet were burned so badly but they were able to see that the body was female so they weren't sure exactly they couldn't id them right now but they did look up the car information and they ran the plate and the car belonged to kelly so, did they kill the Kelly? <laughs> did they kill Kelly? Well, did they kill here's her? where it gets weird because you kept saying alleged. So the the cops were like, "Shit, sorry." So they went to Craig and Kelly's house to again inform them of, "Hey, the the, the car, your car is on fire and whatever, and there's a body in the back." Kelly opens the door, and. It <gasps> 
Shibboleth and and twist. She, and she's like, oh, I was actually going to report my car missing because it was stolen. So I have no idea what happened to it. This bitch. Yeah, you don't know. The police then told you know. her, like, hey, um, so we found your car in the middle of the desert on fire. And there was a body in the back. Like, do you, you know. No and way. so Kelly kind of went, huh. And she didn't really seem phased by that. But she gave the police information and said, you know who it could be is our former assistant. It could be Melissa. What a fucking idiot. I, She's stupid. I don't know, but it could be. So Kelly tells them not only, hey, it could be her. She says, well, our assistant left a few days ago on very bad terms. They had an argument. She left. She told the detectives Melissa was on drugs. They suspected that she was making these weird charges to their credit cards. Um, so she assumed that after talking to Melissa about these charges, Melissa left in a huff. And then she says, well, what must have happened is Melissa broke into their house later. What an idiot. You just gave them a motive for you. <laughs> Melissa broken. <laughs> just gave him a fucking motive on top of this. Like, what an idiot. I can't. I can't. So after she left and after she confronted her and she said, you know, left in a huff, Melissa broke into their house and stole the car keys, so stole the car. So that's probably what happened. Was there anything else stolen in the house? No. These big old rich assholes, you're telling me all she wanted was the Jag. She didn't take that weird statue that's worth a million dollars. She didn't take the extra cash, one of the checkbooks. None of that. Just the car. Just the Jag. Yeah. So, again, the whole thing that she was telling police was that, well, we left on bad terms. She must have stole the car because she was angry with me. Now, she doesn't understand how she could have died then because she's like, I had no idea. Like she left a couple days ago. The car was stolen. I, I haven't reported it stolen yet. She's like, I have no idea how she could have ended up in the, the back. I don't understand how she could have died. Well, upon bringing her to the medical examiner, they did ID the body as Melissa's. Um, the toxicology report said that there was heroin and synthetic opiate in her system. And also cool. that there were um, ligature marks so that it could have been, so she was strangled. However, because of the physical nature of the body, they weren't able, and also because of they weren't really sure of what was going on prior, they couldn't confirm which one she died from, whether it was strangulation or the drug overdose. Oh, I thought you were going to say because of the strangulation of the fire no so she so she was so yeah so that's i guess the only the only thing that's like good (laughs) is that she was dead before they set the car on fire because we're gonna again okay i'm just gonna make the assumption it was we we know we we know who's behind this shit so yeah now the police (laughs) talked to craig because they're like you know it's your wife's car craig said he had like a similar story he's like you know what there was a falling out between her and my wife like she left we don't really know what happened but we have a suspicion that again she broke into the house and stole the car keys so you know okay so he did mention to them too that he ended up throwing her out a couple days before too and that's like they had a falling out they found out she was stealing from them so he threw her out but not before paying for a plane ticket to send her back to florida 
which she never got on the plane because her mom called, you know, when her flight should have got in and she never got on the plane. So it was nice of them to buy the plane ticket, but also she didn't get there. She didn't get to the airport. Now, the cops, so they did a little bit of digging on Mr. Craig and they found out that he had had an affair with Melissa um, and both Craig and Kelly also contributed to the drug use. So it wasn't just a, oh, well, she was on drugs and she was stealing. So, oh, my gosh, this is just who she is. They checked the phone records because, you know, and there's actually going to be a really interesting thing that they check here that I was I did not know that you could check, but. They checked the phone records and <gasps> and, and Craig had spoken to his fellow bodybuilder friend, Anthony Gross, many times that night. Um, and when they called in Anthony to say, hey, can you come in for an interview? Because we want to know. Anthony showed up in the gray pickup truck that the driver had seen speeding away from the scene. So now we really want to talk to Anthony. Wow. <laughs> Anthony tells... they How, like, dumb can you be? This is amazing. <laughs> Anthony told detectives... This is like a bad sci-fi movie. He really is. It's really like... So when detectives were like, yeah. hey, so we noticed your vehicle, whatever, Anthony told them that Craig had called him and said, I need a favor. So he followed Craig in Kelly's car to the desert and he said, we need to, you know, we need to ditch the car. But Anthony said he had no idea that there was a body in the trunk. He just knew that his friend was like, we need to ditch the car. So he had no involvement in anything. Now, if you look back at the transactions (laughs) from that Uh night at 3.30 a.m., Kelly was seen buying barbecue tools and lighter fluid so also kind of a strange time of night to go get some barbecuing tools so was she gonna make sure this bitch was cooked even i mean i I don't understand what do you need well maybe it's kind of like when you go in and you go to like um like when you're a teenager and you go into cvs and you have your period and you're like okay well i'm gonna get pads but i'm also gonna throw in a couple of other things so the cashier doesn't go (laughs) you know like it's i'm gonna throw in some barbecue tools for the reason why i got the lighter fluid it makes it seem more devious on the back end because but it it wasn't wasn't that so I think she's still dumb, oh, no. but I'll this, go with this it. This whole thing is stupid. So, <laughs> so the night prior to the, the car burning, um, Craig was actually busy trying to establish an alibi. So he invited another couple over to the house, Megan and Jeremy. Now, Megan and Jeremy, you know, were just expecting, hey, we're going to hang out with our friends. This is going to be a great time. Game everything's wonderful. Yeah, everything's going to be wonderful. So... Craig told the couple that, oh, well, Melissa left because, you know, she was on drugs. She was stealing from us. So I threw her out and I gave her the plane ticket. Oh, so they're they're building this. So the other two people were like, "Okay, thanks for the info. We didn't really, you know, whatever. Now, because (laughs) gal chat is always a thing. So Kelly talks to Megan privately. Melissa's dead. Yeah. And she says she got into a fight with Melissa. It got physical. Craig tried to protect her. So Craig kept body slamming her into the wall. And then he put her in a chokehold. So 
Megan was kind of like, oh, so shit went down here. Got it. So her and her husband are like, we're good. We're going to we're going to leave because I don't want any part of this. But not before Craig said to them. Yeah, they gave a little too much. Info. Yeah. And the two of them were like, we are just we don't really want to be involved. Yeah. So Craig asked them before they yeah. left, could you take this duffel bag? And just hold on to it for a couple of days. I'm going to pick it up in a couple of days. But he didn't tell them what was in it. He just said, could you just take Absolutely it? Absolutely not. Well, they took it and they opened it. No. And they found duct tape. They're fucking dumb. And a taser. So they immediately <gasps> went to the police. Oh, thank God they are Because they're like, people. fuck this. Thank we're you, not God. getting involved. Kelly and Craig were both arrested nine days later, but they both claimed that Melissa had overdosed. They found her and they were just getting rid of the body. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, what Craig didn't realize. But that wasn't the story they no. told. They're telling so Yes. Many well, now that they now that their friends now that again they have that information. But Craig didn't realize that Megan and Jeremy went to the cops. So he didn't know that they had the duct tape and the taser. So they're like, listen, she overdosed. We got rid of the body. We just, we just, we panicked. So what he didn't realize was that they already yeah. had the taser and all of that. Now, I didn't know about this, but apparently tasers record a timestamp of each time that they're used. Did you know that? I yeah, know that. that's mm-hmm. cool. So no. now that they have the taser in custody, oh my gosh. they looked it up. And they saw that on December 13th, the day before, okay. it was shown the taser was used yep. six times in two minutes. Oh. oh, and you can't even see the little j- j- things because she got burned to a crisp. Yeah. Poor mm-hmm. baby. Which probably makes sense well, no, why, not exactly a why they chose to throw her in the trunk and light her on fire. Tasers also leave what's called taser dots, which are tiny dots of foil marked with the taser cartilage serial number. So you can say how many times it was discharged and where. So the taser was discharged in two locations in the house five times. I just thought that was interesting that they they have so much information on the, the taser that you can record that. Both of them were charged with use of a deadly weapon, kidnapping, and arson, of course. Um, the day before their trials were set, both of them, of course, made plea deals. Of course they did. Of course Craig was charged with second degree murder and he was um, given 21 to 55 years. Kelly put in an Alfred plea, which again, we talked about prior, um, where the Alfred plea is you don't admit to guilt, but you're acknowledging that there's enough evidence that someone could convict you. So you're basically saying, I didn't do it, but I did it type of thing so that's where the alfred plea comes in so she put in that for the battery with a deadly weapon so she admits the again she also pled guilty to burning the body which she got six to 26 years and she was paroled in 2017 so this bitch seriously so seriously are they still together now i don't think so i think they're still married is he out of prison no Wait, did you see? No, he hasn't. His he parole it, hearing okay, hasn't so come up yet. Um, but no, I think that she divorced him in 2009 while they were in prison, which, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. Oh, Meanwhile, it was kind of like a, th- the big thing about this case is that whenever you, you see it on any of the shows is that they had like such potential, like in this like fitness world and all that stuff. And then they just 
you watch it crumble. What, what we did we learn today? Here is okay, so today we learned <laughs> don't kill people. I mean, that's always it ruins your life. Don't kill people. Definitely up there. I don't know what I learned from my story. Don't fuck with the mob. No, that's definitely don't fuck with the <laughs> but mob. But I think we already knew that. <laughs> we knew that. Yeah, don't steal money from your goombas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, a goomba is a term. I'm sorry. For your friend. Sorry, I didn't know. A companion. (laughs) Although it can be used in Super Mario Brothers, that is not the only usage. (laughs) And Italians should know that. Jen. Oh my gosh. It's funny. Goomba. Well, that was a little tromp through Vegas. That's episode 11. (laughs) Can't wait to go back. I will be there in a few weeks and I will come home with stories. Yeah, because you're going to be at the Flamingo. Imagine if I got Bugsy Siegel on my camera. I'm going to be at the Flamingo. And you're going to, oh my God, (laughs) need to hang out with Bugsy. By the time this, I know, by the time this comes out, I will already have gone or possibly, no, I think I'll be home by then. So don't bother trying to find me. (laughs) (laughs) I will not be there anymore. I just really want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody listening. Thank you to everybody like who like likes our Instagrams yeah, and Facebooks and all that stuff. We really appreciate all the support. We love that you guys listen and we hope you guys are loving this as much as we are. It's been fun. So keep listening. Um, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Keep following us on Facebook and Instagram and liking all our posts. Please visit our website. You can find our merch and our Patreon page where you can hear more dumb ramblings of us and our blooper reels, which are very, very long at this point. <laughs> um, and send us your creepy, crazy stories to deathbeforebooze at gmail.com because I want to do listener episodes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for coming to my TED Talk. Please continue to listen. I love you all. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.